you have found your way back to us right here at the Rock Paper Bitcoin Podcast. Hello, friends. It's me, Business Cat. I'm so, so happy you found your way back to us. If you've listened to our previous content, you may remember that I was expecting a son, and he has arrived. This past Saturday, we recorded this conversation, and then Sunday morning at uh, Sunday morning early at block height 805,027, he was born. And he's here now, and he's amazing. He's doing great, and so is my wife. In this episode, Fundamentals and I get into uh, the conversation about our masks back. If you like our content and would like to support the show, listen to it using any podcasting 2.0 enabled app and stream us sats while you listen to it. If you're a Bitcoin miner and you're feeling particularly generous, you can donate a bit of your hash power to us using any Lincoin stratum address. I'll put the connection details in the show notes. And finally, dear listener, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. And let's get into it. America, we're back. Hello, world. Hello, aliens. Uh, everyone, wherever, whatever gravity well you live in, listening to this. This is my attempt at being like a business cat in the intro. I like the hello world. <laughs> it's like all you, uh, all you beings out there living in a text-based reality. The, the hello world is very poignant. It comes across at the first one. Yeah, you know what? I like hello world. I didn't intentionally say this, but it's sort of like. To me, you know, hello world signifies going from zero to one on a learning element, you know, sort of an, a learning element of whatever code you're learning. Have right? you ever like written like the most basic level of like print line hello world in any kind of uh, compiler? Uh, I mean, I'd say no, no, I haven't done that. Like I've made, I've made it say hello world. Like any, you know, any code I learn, you know, you got to go it through the first, hello world, yeah. first line of the book, right? Uh, you want a quick funny, <laughs> just a quick funny story about my personal working life and the kind of shit we deal with with quants. Yes, um, tell me. I had, in, this was like 08, right? Funny enough, right? It's like June of 08. I had a candidate who worked at Lehman, <laughs> okay? And she came to interview for a job for us. And um, my boss is like, the he's the he's just he was just a fucking lunatic and and mate. Like, if you want to talk about somebody who's skilled at verifying outside of the world of bitcoin like dude's just a master mm. and um he looks at her resume and he's like oh you got matlab on your resume no this is 08 matlab's pretty common but python was nobody was using python in 08 right so people would have you would have matlab on your resume he's like oh yeah and he turns his computer around he's like oh you know make a make a two by two matrix and just and she couldn't <laughs> she couldn't do it right he's like oh awkward um he goes okay why don't you just assign a number to a variable and she's like couldn't do it and then he just got so frustrated he goes make it say hello world and uh <laughs> that was the punchline of the story that's you awkward know. putting things on your resume just go oh yeah i know matlab people have heard of matlab i i they they taught that sort of in a class i was in i should put that on my resume it's like oh yeah yeah <laughs> can you pack it never occurred to, it never occurred to me that people would lie on the resume honestly at that stage in my life either so that was pretty eye-opening uh, of course that it would be somebody from layman who would be basically <laughs> who would be unemployed three months later you know and i'm sure there, they're fine 
so while we're on side stories, I'm sure they lied enough to get another job somewhere, and they're fine. While we're talking about lying on our resumes, (laughs) um, there was a gentleman that I worked with at Deloitte who told I I can't verify this. This was his claim. He said he told me that his entire not his entire resume, but uh, all of the higher education in his resume was a lie. He he had never attended any college or higher education, but what he did um, back back and it's harder to do this now because there's. I mean, there's like independent verification with your, uh, when you get like transcripts sent, there's processes that have put in place now, the schools that are trying to prevent this. He basically like, he went into his school's database and just pulled their header and made, made his own little transcript that showed all of his like grades. He just made it up and then nobody ever asked him questions about it. And he, at his first career, and he just went through his career and yeah, never did it. All he, all he did. So the cost of tuition is uh, figuring out how to make your own PDF with a college letterhead. He probably is in the federal government now. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. He, he left Deloitte while I was there. He pivoted. He actually, so he was like, uh, he was a manager level and he was trying to make senior, senior manager at Deloitte and they didn't give it to him. So he yeah. left Deloitte and pivoted that move to one of the big four competitors. Like it was KPMG or one of the other big four and yeah, mm. got senior manager there. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. Like hustling. My boss, that this guy, my boss, he would like, if you got, Wherever, like, you got your PhD and whatever you wrote it on, he would find it. He would find your dissertation. I don't know if he would read it, but he would, like, consume it in some way. And then he would figure out who your, their advisor was, and he would Google, he would research them. And he would basically be, even if we hired them, he'd be ready to tell them, dude, your PhD is bullshit. You know, <laughs> your advisor had, like, 85 fucking... Uh, 85 students. It the sounds same like your year firm you is yeah. Th- this guy does does the uh, proof of work. It sounds like your firm ha- probably has higher quality individuals working for it if they're willing to do that level of research on the people they're hiring. Yeah. Whereas the- Deloitte is just trying to get people in the door. This was my mentor. This was like really the guy I learned every like it. My adult stage in my life. This is like my key key mentor. Um, you know, I was just enthralled by the way he operated in life. You know. It's like, man, I want to. Oh, that's 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 amazing. It sounds like he is not listening to anybody else's instrument. He is following his own drum. That's right, and he's he's a no coiner, <laughs> and like, I mean, so wealthy. Maybe it doesn't matter. Like, he's I mean, one of these guys that like Peter Schiff, or he's probably not as wealthy as Peter Schiff, but he's probably one of these guys that will buy as much Bitcoin as we have at a million a coin one hmm. of these days. But like, the dude, well, you know, I mean, God, he's going to make him. it. We need those people too. He's going to make it because he verifies, you know, and maybe he may, you know, he'll find a way to get Bitcoin, but like he's, you know, guy lives a good life. My other interesting, my, I had like one other like really key mentor in my life who built his career at Deloitte. And um, today he's like the CEO of um, something, I'm not going to dox what it is, but it's something related to fossil fuels and ESG. Oh, and nice. Good for him. I had to slay both these people in the last 12 months. Um, they're both very, I still love and respect them and talk to them a lot, but like, you know, it's just so interesting. It's just so interesting. We're well, talking about, people, uh, people high, like that. Yeah. High signal in, individuals. So uh, like about a week ago, um, Alex Jones came out with the claim that masks are coming back and it wasn't yep. even 24 hours after, after the internet was sharing uncle, uh, Alex Jones is, uh, what, what the TSA had told him that we started seeing headlines um, okay, yep. like multiple school districts are closing because like the superintendent has COVID, so they close the school district. There's yeah. there's so a let's military. Back up. Hold, yeah, let's back up for a second. Back up because this nugget 
this whole like little Alex Jones nugget, it very much reminded me of like, so we met last Saturday at uh, the library for our central PA meetup. It was great. Your central PA meetup, right? And we all kind of converged on this nugget and it was kind of reminded me of pre-internet when people would say, dude, I fucking heard that they, um, that there is like um, subliminal messaging in movies. Like, you know, and it just kind of had that vibe. Like, did you hear that Alex Jones said that Mask is coming back? Like, do we believe him? And we have really had this whole analysis conversation. Of, we had a pretty analytical conversation that I think had us all as as adversarial as we are, fairly skeptical. Maybe I think I said I gave it a fifteen percent chance that yeah. maybe this is a real thing, and we were all, you know, very oh, we, very skeptical. We also always we, you, you need to put the big asterisks on anything Alex Jones with Alex Jones has made a lot of claims and predictions that have not come true. Yeah, people people like to make the meme of like yeah. put another put another corner in the uh, Alex Jones is right jar, but like no Alex Jones is like Nostradamus. Alex Jones has said so many things that inevitably some of them have come true. So for it to go from that level, right, to basically word for word being published in like the Epoch Times and yeah. fa- fairly I'll call mainstream media now, right? Maybe not totally co-opted mainstream media, but it's fairly mainstream media, right? There's a video That's on Twitter. Pretty yes- remarkable, yeah. Uh, there was a video on Twitter yesterday of a nurse um, talking about a meeting she had just had with her hospital's administration, um, and she says the hospital administrators came down to her floor and informed them that hey, we're going to be taking half of your beds um, that we're going to assign to this other like uh, a triage unit, and they're like, why? Why are you taking half of our beds? And it's like, oh well, there's going to be a big COVID wave next week. So, yeah, so here the ready other details, the big, yeah, so the other details are, and this was called, this was what Alex Jones called, <laughs> right? But the details are, it's going to be um, around this variant that, um, you know, called the Eris variant, Ooh, that is supposed to be, whatever, picking up steam, right? And, dude, that's, like, again, not even within half a week, I'm on like looking at Bloomberg and I see a story that a company called Novavax has demonstrated that their vaccine is effective against the Eris variant. Yeah, and last, last night the president said that um, uh, some some reporter asked me a question. Was fast. Yeah, right. And the president said last night that they have authorized new funding for a new vaccine that works. Considering that, regardless. Considering that in no time in the last three years has there been a vaccine that has been effective against the thing they claim to be effective against, it's pretty remarkable that they ginned up a company. Now, this is a company that had that was that was relevant during the COVID times, right? Maybe they'd probably be viewed as late to the game, but like um, Novavax claimed to fame, by the way, during 2021, right during the the during the vaccine push. During the, the first COVID wave. Was that they were the one that had the lowest dose. That was their big claim to fame. Oh, really? I, yeah, I could get into why I know all this. <laughs> but like, yeah, that was their big claim. And so for people who were like, oh, I just don't know if I want such a big dose. They were, right? they were because, like, this is, the, this is the lower dose for option. Okay, yes, gotcha. This is, oh, we figured out how to be effective with a lower dose. That was their thing, okay? Um, which, by the way, if you go back and just do any analysis, it's like, do you ever remember anything about dosing? 
<laughs> with regards to the vaccine or or does a 400 pound dude get the same dose as a 16 year old girl who weighs 80 pounds yeah and it turns out everybody got covid anyway mm, maybe <laughs> maybe i mean that's so we can get into it but um you know when i say maybe i think that there is a worthwhile hypothesis to uh and by the way thank i want to shout out to rabbit hole recap because if anybody if anybody listened to it in the last week they spent 20 minutes pretty much uh having the absurd conversations like do you believe space exists do you believe like there was actually a serious thing where marty was like i don't know if i believe in nukes uh I've I've heard so, that that meme lately of people that don't think nuclear technology is actually real. So, given that Overton window, I don't think it's unreasonable actually to have a conversation that asks, "Does do viruses actually exist?" Um, and if so, does this exist? And I think on any pleb level of verification, you would definitely not accept the hypothesis. It's not that means you doesn't mean you. Uh, accept the idea that they don't, but this is just how hypothesis testing works, right? You either have enough, you either have enough confidence to reject it, or you don't. You never really, you know, you never really accept this notion because there's no way to get enough uh, out, outside of the Bitcoin blockchain, right? There's no way to really gain confidence in such truth, right? Best you can do is say within a level of confidence, and in statistical terms, you might say 95% confidence, 99% confidence. 99.9% so, confidence. You can say, I can reject a hypothesis that says, I can re- I can reject a hypothesis that says viruses don't exist, which most do of the world does. Why do you think they're rolling the COVID back out again right now? Ah, so then that's the next question, right? So just before I, before I even attempt to answer that question, I'll say that is a, that's the first trope that like the normies try to, do to eliminate this like well why would they do this well why you know so like the first first thing they do is label it a conspiracy theory right Mm. as though uh as though germ theory isn't a theory okay so let's just (laughs) so theories are not labeling theories are not proven theories are not fact and so they'll call it a conspiracy theory to say it's invalid i feel like the the term conspiracy theory is getting like more trusted in general society but like like the term anti it's just like anti-vaxxer is just it's a term that you can label somebody so that you can just ignore everything they say i was saying to my trainer yesterday my trainer is uh unvaccinated he managed he's not even a bitcoiner but he like managed to survive you know super ripped super like healthy and all that sounds like he's very low risk for whatever it was that was killing off people yeah so anyway i was like um I was like, dude, conspiracy theorists are like the Boston Celtics, dude, and like the elite who criticize them are like the Sacramento Kings. Like at some point, I just look at the one lost record and I'm like, well, you know, like if you trust a conspiracy theory without verifying, I guess you're just as dumb as trusting the government. But like you should consider the win loss record in your own probabilities of taking them seriously and respecting them. Yeah, so, I mean, you can also trust, like, quote-unquote experts. Like, so, so if you have identified somebody who is a person that you trust personally and that person believes in conspiracy theories, it's like, or, or I mean, believes in anything, it's like, I, I'm not going to do, I'll just, before we go back, like, I, I'm, I'm personally not going to do the work to understand evolutionary biology or vaccine technology or any of that stuff, so I'm going to offload that to people I trust, Brett and Heather Weinstein. And, like, they have proven over time that, like, when, when they're incorrect, they self-correct. So, like, I... I trust them. And in, you know what? 
if vaccine technology was so there's a good reason not to spend time in that rabbit hole right because i guess there's people that have high signal that actually say you know the whole fucking science is fake it's just utter bullshit right mm. especially today with just the way it's just a machine learning uh machine learning data digital exercise it's not like if you go back to principles the, the original um virus research was basically getting sick people to <laughs> cough in the face of healthy people right yeah my parents did that to me right? I, I went to a, a chicken <laughs> pox party can, as yeah. a child so that totally. so that i would be infected with chicken pox so my yeah, parents sent did. me to that same here. They put me in cribs. I ne- you know, supposedly I never got chicken pox. Um, Boy, I did. And my, despite my parents' best efforts to get it to me. Um, You're just robust. Yeah, or I never showed symptoms or whatever, right? But, right? but like, so back to the question. Why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? Okay, first of all, so, you know, it's, isn't, before I don't answer it again, I will. We will. I think I will give an honest my attempt. But before I don't answer it again, like, isn't it enough to actually ask the question? Like, that's actually that takes quite a bit of energy just to get yourself to the point where you're even asking, like, is this something I should trust or not? Right. Mm-hmm. So that's like, that is like, I don't know. Like, that's a big job, right? And then what people will do to invalidate like it's basically you. The question, why are they doing it? The reason most people ask is so they can invalidate you, right? Like, it's kind of like if I, if it's raining and some dude is like, dude, that's not rain. That's elephants pissing out of the sky. And I'm like, no, it's definitely not that. And he's like, well, prove it. I'm like, no, I don't have to fucking prove it. You have to prove it. It's fucking crazy. You have to prove the thing you're saying is elephants pissing out of the sky. I'm just going to experience the rain and... You know, I'm not going to, whatever. I'm not going to get psyched up by that shit. Like, you, the burden of proof is on you, my friend. So, typically, being asked why, this is why I'm getting triggered all over again, just because being asked why by these people typically is a reason to invalidate. And the second you give a theory that you think is, like, totally okay because it's in your Overton window, right, it's, like, it's, 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 it's used as evidence as to why it's fucking horseshit, okay? Now, having said all that, I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think, I don't think it's that crazy to at least think that we're going to get some weird shit going into this election year, right? Yeah, like, if I had to steel man their argument, like, why are they, do, why are they rolling COVID back out? Oh, well, it's because COVID exists and there's a new variant coming around. Like, that, that's why, like, the, the person who is plugged <laughs> into MSNBC and to CNN, like, that would be their answer. Like, why are they doing this? Because it's the right thing to do. There's a new danger, and we need to lock down for the good of the species. It's like it's that, stairway to heaven. I mean, that, like, that's like, but that's that's the playing, steel man argument. They're playing their well, but like, yeah, but they're playing their old song. Like, so this is the song they have that they know people like. Um, it's the only song they have that left, right? Um, you know, like this is like the sad old band that goes on the nostalgia tour, not realizing that nobody wants to hear this fucking song anymore. But they're like, nah, it still plays in, uh, it still plays in the flyover states or whatever, right? It's an, it's like this has become an old trope now. I mean, this was an old trope already with Omicron variant. You know, when they went, which, you know, Omicron was the one where, in my in my fringy circles, they theorized that they were fucking with us 
by calling it zero micron as though like it doesn't exist it's zero micron and they call it omicron oh okay got it <laughs> and that's like like the one like that's the one where like the serial killer actually leaves all the evidence is like yeah i'm so confident i'm on such a heat check that i think that i still don't think you're gonna figure this out yeah um but like that you know they've been testing this like new variant theory and then they tried like monkeypox and you know look prior to covid they tried about 10 different fucking things too like zika and ebola and COVID, all this other right, shit the covid scare worked like they were able this to pivot the one COVID that into so, some power yeah so they realized like okay they know the formula at least two guitars a keyboard player you know power chords this is the one right we're not we've tried all these other genres of music this is the one that got people that will whip people up quickly. This is the one we got the lockdown done, and I th- I'm sure they believe that if they print the right papers, they will they will be successful again. I mean, like I've seen the numbers on people like so like something like seventy percent of the population got the initial like two jab vaccines. Some 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 form like they they complied yep. with the initial two two jabs, but then. Like the first, the first booster, the drop off was like only something only like twenty percent of the population got the first booster, and beyond that, it was like like ten percent of that population got the second booster. So I mean, like, I can't imagine like they have to see these numbers, and th- they can't have any illusions that society is going to go along with this. But like, why did they do it the first time? Was well, because they needed to like in my like okay. So so why do I think they're they're doing this? Why do I think they did it the first time? Was they needed to get rid of Donald Trump? Like they they needed to change multiple state constitutions to allow mail-in voting which is how they won like biden won by what forty thousand votes like that's that's nothing that's a drop of that that's like one one bag full of wayward ballots means that donald or that uh, biden is president so okay here we are coming into 2024 another election year how are they going to retain power well they need to come up with another reason for full 100 percent mail-in ballots and it's like even if they, it's like if they yeah. roll out this, like they, they've got the new vaccine, they roll out every like mask mandates. We we recommend everybody mask, and the the country is like no fuck you. It's like they, they still can be like oh well as an abundance of caution, we're going to we're going to allow anybody that wants to do a mail in ballot can, and that will enable them to do ballot harvest again. Again, it's like I like my my conspiracy theory brain. Like why are they rolling out COVID again? It's so that the Democrats can retain power. I, I, so I agree with your premise, but in my spidey sense, um, it's not enough to go through such. No, it's not. It's not enough. But like, it's the only card they have. Right. No, what I'm saying is that it is such an extreme measure where I don't think they have to go that far to do everything you're saying. I mean, I think like, I mean, they could literally print money. And they, I mean, they could <laughs> they could just hand out checks. They could do. There's a lot of things yeah, from a policy I, perspective I think they they're going to decide that. to do, right? They can do all like that. You know, look what they tried to do in 2022, like forgiving the student debt and all that. Like they could try. They could talk about doing all that. I mean, I'm just saying that there's a lot of less extreme, less damaging, less. Um, I mean, think about. I think about what companies have gone through to get their workforces back in the last two years yeah um it's gonna be like i it's just gonna be insane to workers want to be at that, home but yeah to throw that all away over what right i mean and you know they could are they really gonna stay in power maybe i mean that would if it's true right let's just take the case that it's true that would tell you how fucking desperate 
They're willing to burn the system down to try to retain their control over it as it crashes. You know, let me go back. You know, it's funny. We talked last week about the GFC, the global financial crisis. Um, I mean, not a stretch to say we're probably a few months away from some from a real bad economic event. You know, the 18 month lag effect of increasing rates. Um, One thing we didn't really discuss that I definitely saw from my vantage point was that um, one of the reasons that the the global financial crisis ended as quickly as it did, you know, I mean, I think I think lay people here think, well, we just printed all this money. We did tarp and then boom, we were all good. But, you know, as we know, it's talked about there's a lag effect on all this stuff. And so that alone that alone was not really the answer. And the big answer was the U.S. consumer stayed healthy and rescued pretty much the whole world. Bought all, we continue, and that's a strategy, that, that's sort of a tried and true strategy that, and that's what QE was all about. That's what all of this is all about for the world. You know, the globalists want the U.S. consumer to be flush. So that we buy, you know, we have to buy everyone's shit. Yeah. Okay, right? Now, maybe that's subsiding with the multipolar world emerging. Maybe that's, you know, something of, it's not as a powerful lever as it was. I mean, that's just one more reason why the dollar's in trouble. It's like, there's all of these different reasons why there's this liquidity event coming. And just one of them is, oh, the rest of the world doesn't want our debt anymore. But to raise rates... As Powell did, not to not to start turn this into a macro think boy podcast here, but like <laughs> to raise rates as he did to, to kill essentially, really murder the U.S. consumer, not in real time. Everyone's like, "Ooh, look!" You know what? The world is reacting to this rate rise the way people react to eating a bite of an edible. You know, and they're like, "Ah, oh, this, this ain't shit, man. This ain't shit. This is easy. I, I, I you know, I, I got this." Let and then an hour that. later, your house is dissolving. <laughs> well, yeah, because you, you had to, yeah, you just had to eat the whole thing. You had to eat the whole cookie because you weren't feeling it. And it takes right? a while for the effects <laughs> to become apparent. Yeah, right. So that's just <laughs> that. That excerpts a shout out to our high hash rate buddies. Um, I wish I had the presence of mind to come up with that with those guys. Well, yeah, but um, it's that you know. So we act like we act like it's not working. We act like we we act like oh, this is great. We are invincible. Um, but the reality is we have poison pilled the American consumer, right? Whether or not that gets realized in six months or yeah. a year, um, you know, I mean, not to mention what inflation is doing in general, right? I mean, that's the thing, like, that's probably what, you know, inflation is obviously poison pilling the American consumer. So we're buying less shit. We're just, you know, belts are tightening, yeah, and it's um, only going to get like energy and en- inflation comes down to energy prices and energy prices are not going to recover. Like But it's and it's so what I'm saying is the American consumer is not going to rescue the world probably no. this time around. Um although the Fed would think like to think we will. They think the American consumer is going to buy all this excess debt that the world is not buying anymore. Have you seen those charts of like the exponential rise in American p- publicly owned debt? It's like that's never going to happen. Fuck that shit. So I'm trying to remember how we even got to here because we were talking about masks and um, we were talking about masks, COVID. I mean, we're talking why about why are they doing that? Oh, why, why are they, they doing yeah, this? Why are they doing right. this? Right. So like I so that 
the reason I brought that up was just like it would be to add I mean it's just like it's like eating 10 more edibles essentially to decide to lock everybody down now at this stage of rate rising and this stage of demand crushing like right before we're about to actually start feeling it we basically eat a bunch of DMT I think I think uh, her- heroin is a better is a yeah. better um, one-to-one example. So like we are on the way down, like society and the economy is on the way down from this massive heroin binge we've been on, and all the Fed can do to try to keep it going is inject more heroin. Like we can kick the can right. down the road. It's about to wear off. The yeah. reason we don't feel it is because it hasn't worn off yet. Well, I, I was right. like, I think we are starting to feel the effects of it wearing off, and like we're we're scratching our neck, we're we're getting real antsy, looking for that next fix, and yeah, how can we kick these? How can we not have to pay the price of all of the life that we've been living for the past fifty years? So I believe this lockdown is such a. Uh, I, it would, I mean, it only it implies that they want total fucking chaos and destruction, and it's beyond Democrats staying in power. And I don't actually think... What's well, the unipart? I, I shouldn't just say yeah. the Democrat. It's the Democrats and it's the uniparty yeah. behind both parties. It's the deep so state. if it's not just... Right, that's what, so that's the point. So if it's not just the Democrats hanging on to power, right, or the uniparty, whatever, hanging on to power... It's the rich America, men north of Richmond. That's correct, right? That's absolutely right. And so why is that? So that's a different... It's a different conversation now as to why they're... Why would they want to do that? Because it's going to have such... Like, it's going to have such dire consequences... Primarily, honestly, right? Primarily in blue areas now, because non-blue areas have been prepping for this. Yeah, right. No, I mean, like thinking about how much compliance, like my family, like we didn't comply uh, to a huge degree in the last COVID lockdowns. But I mean, we we wore masks. Like go, taking my kids to the pediatrician's office, like we had, I had to put a mask on, and I did it. I wore, I wore a mask on planes. I was like, I, I, w- I did not have Surfer Jim's mentality of just like, fuck this at the time. But I do now. Like, I will not comply with another lockdown. And That's right. There were a couple, there were a couple right. business, local businesses that took it a bit too far last time. There, there was a neato burrito that wasn't letting anybody in, inside the store, but like you could meet them at the door and place the order. And they got sassy with me because they didn't have a mask on. It's like, all right, I will never, ever come back to your location. Like Neato Burrito is a franchise. Your franchise, like, I will never, ever go back to that location. And then there was also a local movie theater that was wanting to see people's proof of vaccination to come in and use the theater. And it's like, okay, well, those are two different things. Like, like having staff that's going to get mouthy about customers not wearing a mask is one thing, but having staff demanding like papers, please. Like I will n- like, okay, well that movie theater is just dead to me. Like, but so, you know, how is yeah. This, yeah. What, how it's many businesses are going to comply this time? Because like, I'm going to keep a detailed list this time. Like, oh, I'm not going to yeah. wear a mask. My children are not going to wear masks. So, you know, it's heartbreaking. Like there's a local movie theater in Phoenixville that, is an absolute institution. It's called the Colonial Theater. And, um, like, I will not actually, like, I've, you guys know, I started Phoenixville uh, Bitcoin Meetup, and we've been look, try, we're trying to create logos, and I've, like, challenged my kids, can you, if you could take pictures around town, try to get me an iconic picture, we could stick the Bitcoin logo on. Phoenixville, you need a phoenix, like, rising, well, from, the, for, rising that's from the ashes. What, well, that's what my, my co, um, my co-organizer is, like, he's been doing it in, He's been using AI tools and oh, and that's what it's coming back with. Lots getting of Phoenix, Phoenix. Th- okay. But the real truth of the matter is, any iconic, any iconic picture of Phoenixville contains this theater. It's super old. It looks, you know, it looks cool. 
And um, the fact of the matter is, I would not, I would not feel right in having that, be, having that theater be in the logo for our meetup because um, of decisions the company because made. Because they were, yeah, because they were a total, they were a total COVID deranged. You know, that was yeah. like a safe haven for. It was almost like a military base for, for the COVID deranged, right? Yeah, you know, and it's it's fine. It's like whatever. Everyone, you know what? You know, look, it, you, if you can't. I think that attitude, listen, I think people are going to understand pretty quickly that like what VCs understand today, that like your attitude in 2019, your attitude in 2020 when money was free, ain't going <laughs> to make it in 2023 with rates when you have to borrow at 5.5%. Okay. And when people are, are when, when money is not free and when the world is like illiquid, right, your little attitude about people come to your store the consequences are going to be much more dire that's a really good point yeah i'm kind of looking forward maybe that's the capitulation maybe that's what radicalizes people like oh shit i think i made a huge mistake you know because of my business i can't imagine being a business owner and deciding to be that like putting my politics on my shirt sleeve like you're the only thing you're doing by putting your politics out there like that is limiting your audience base but it's like covid is such a cult i mean like this politics is such a cult that people feel like oh well, i have to like oh like they're going to burn my building down or they'll come riot if i don't if i don't like put a black lives matter and uh, like the equality with all the different religious symbols and, and like all of this crap that the, the people expect to see well the consequences are definitely gonna if this all if this all takes place and you know look i think you know what else is in my mind right now the quote that generals always per- prepare for the prior war Mm. you know and i you know i've always as i go through this thought exercise like i do feel like it's not going to be a repeat it'll rhyme but it's not gonna it's not gonna be another like it's not gonna be like second down where we all line up in the same formation and run the play again um look and if it is the people like if it is the people who saw through it are going to just crush it's a society will bifurcate even the acceleration is going to be incredible because the areas that are covid range are going to get crushed it's going to be absolutely crushed they're lucky to still be standing now yeah um you know i live you know outside of philly that philly's lucky to still they're on life support dude um absolutely like it's on life support and um yeah, I as, know, a, like as if, I imagine how the budget of the Pennsylvania budget is flowing here and there, I imagine places like yeah, there's probably a lot of taxes, the tax revenue but, that is being stripped out of Philadelphia, but it's also like the amount of social services that are consumed by these areas. Yeah, but, also, look, you just think about it's you just think about the selection bias now. Anyone who had any inkling for sovereignty for their business has left, and who's left are. Who's left are the people the faithful on their back, on the their people, back with yeah. their legs spread, man. Well, well either it's those still, people, the faithful, or the people that didn't have the capacity to get out, like the zombie companies that is like, well, you're right. you're but gonna die. You are basically, but you're really just dis- describing weak. Yeah, weak-handed. The weak. So they're left with weak hands, and um, you know, you could extrapolate Philly to pretty much you know, all the major cities, right? Um, particularly the Northeast or the Big blue cities that have eighty-five percent blue voting in presidential elections, right? Um, 
they're fucked. They're fucked if we go through a repeat of what happens, right? So that, I mean, I'm, I am creating this argument because I'm trying to talk myself out of the fact that these powers that be are actually going to want to go through this exercise again. And so maybe they are, but they have, but it's going to look a lot, it potentially look a lot different. I mean, if you think that they just did a fine replace with Eris with variant, with other, I mean, I just don't, I can't imagine. <laughs> I just can't imagine that that, unless, right, unless they're so fucking moronic that they don't understand, like they actually don't understand that something has emerged, behavior has emerged in the last three years, right? And that your opponent has learned your moves. Your opponent is prepared, much more prepared, right? And maybe yeah. they don't. Maybe they are that moronic. And maybe people listening are surprised because I'm usually so willing to assign incompetence as a default, right? And maybe this is how I talk myself into it. But it really is hard to believe. that like, It would be almost insulting. Like, we need better enemies. If they're going to run, they're just going to run it back, <laughs> right? If they're, like, literally all they do is run it back. I mean, Jesus Christ, it's almost insulting. Well, I mean, like, even in after the last one, there, there were people talking about, like, the, like Bill Gates was talking about after the fact, like, there's another one coming. Like, there's... But he's been doing that since 2001. Yeah, and I mean, it's one thing to say, like, oh, there's another pandemic coming, because, like, of, of course, on a long enough time scale, like, there, something's going to happen. Um, but the, the specifics that certain like world leaders have talked about like that what we're coming to like covid was a pr- was training wheels to teach the society of where we're going these 15 minute cities and the like th- yeah. that's so i mean maui yeah we could boy we could get into maui man that's that's but been interesting to watch do you know that so like my entree into bitcoin like the first time not the first time i ever heard about it but the first time i heard about it in a way that i took it seriously was on a I was like on Clubhouse and Dr. Jack Cruz kept saying, kept repeating that COVID is a, um, what the fuck did he get? It's a training, it's it's a trial for an economic reset. And you gotta say those words in like 2021 were like, you know, that, that was out there, yeah. right? Like that COVID is nothing more than a trial run for an economic reset, what? And I think that is coming very true. The uh, I mean the, the like the twenty thirty agenda of the like the World Economic Forum of how they're trying to maneuver the world into I mean they're they're like we talk we are the carbon that the World Economic Forum wants yep. to reduce it's like they they want to reduce the world population down to what like a couple hundred million yeah. and by the way you're doing a disservice by calling it the World Economic Forum because they report to somebody right it's it's the Uniparty again right right yeah. Let's just remember that they're just—they're just the face, you know. They're just the ones we get mad at, so that the, <laughs> the guys behind them, we really don't know who the fuck they are and don't don't get angry with them. Well, it definitely seems that the world is moving in in the direction that Alex Jones, that Mr. Jones had had indicated. Um, he nailed it, nailed it, clearly, right? I mean, he went. We went from Alex Jones to like straight up seeing it in the course of a week yeah, in less than a in less than a calendar calendar week like i wonder like did, did alex jones coming out and talking about the meeting he had with the tsa d- did that force their hand in some way like wh- how did it roll out this quickly that we already have like, military bases and school districts shut down it's like over nothing like and even like did you see there was a uh, a, a pfizer like a current pfizer board member and he was also a previous uh fda 
administrator, um, which is interesting that they they gave both of those things in his title on on CNN when they when they did the interview. And he talked about, <laughs> I mean, this is. Um, well, it's, it's funny. They, they give him that title to like the initiated are going to hear that title of, oh, yes, a former FDA administrator and a current board member of Pfizer. It's like that that's going to be like a big check mark in the pro category for some like for people that are drinking the Kool-Aid. But for me, like that's immediately like, excuse me. It's like the, the oh right, this is an indicator of this. This is one of the leadership of the bad decision makers who is going back and forth between government and private. Private anyway. So this guy. But aren't they on, obsessed? Aren't they? Aren't, but isn't that world right now obsessed with like the Trump arrest? Of course, it's like and everybody. The, everybody loves the uh, the mugshot. Like both sides are going to be wearing the mugshot on T-shirts. Um, but it, so so like it, this Pfizer executive was Skull on Satoshi. He 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 was on <laughs> MSNBC. You're seeing it. One, one of these legacy left wing media outlets talking about this upcoming Eris variant or B. He I think he called it B one something. Well, he didn't call make it, it sound technical. It's the B one nine two three yeah. dot three two because we've researched yeah. all of these things. And he talked about this, how yeah. like yeah like we this is going to require all previous um, boosters and COVID vaccines are are not going to be effective for this one. But fortunately for you all, like we we are rolling out a, a new we have we have uh, promising well, leads on so that's what we're going to roll out. For the- they weren't even effective for the things they were supposed to be effective for. So why wouldn't they? Why would well, anyone think they'd be effective for this if they even believe this is a thing, right? I mean, like in in his normie, he even right? he, he acknowledged that this new Eris B whatever variant is is more infect. I mean, it's following the same trend line that all the oh, COVID previous COVID. It's more infectious and less less worrisome. Yes. So it's like okay, more so more infectious, less deadly. Yeah, right. So so this this is more inf- so everybody who hasn't got it and everybody's going to get this new one you're saying but it's even less deadly but so we need to lock the the omicron was was not a big omicron was like the the, a weakest the weakest flu ever the weakest cold ever but by the way the original covid was not very deadly the the supposed original i mean if you again you know you go back to how many what percentage of them had zero comorbidities yeah it's like if you plot the, the the death toll over time it's like it was a giant initial spike but i mean that that doesn't necessarily really, equate Again, well, it doesn't, that go... doesn't necessarily equate to the deadliness of covid that could equate to how unhealthy the population was and once we got That's rid of point. all of the unhealthy people yeah well, zero zero comorbidities it was six percent which equated to something like yeah equated to like fifty thousand deaths and that's if you assume all those people died of covid not from a gunshot or a car or, accident yeah, or getting whatever. run over by a bus yeah and, COVID death. you know the fact of the matter is you know how many deaths have been proven to be from covid fucking zero that's just, it's just a fact. Zero have been proven, um, you know. But even if you believe, like, the CDC's data and you think this exists and you just say, well, if the zero comorbidity, 50,000, that's fucking nothing, dude. Do you know how many people die every year just from pharmaceutical accidents of people yeah, taking or, their normal— There's 300,000. Vending machines falling on people. 350, 300 to 350,000 people die every year just from taking normal pharmaceuticals that they're prescribed. Yeah. So— the this whole idea of less deadly and more contagious, I mean, it's just like insane. If like I gotta say, I feel sorry for people who are stuck in this loop. Yeah, I mean, like, but he, like, the high priest of Pfizer is like he's telling the the faithful, like, hey, like it's less deadly, it's more transmissible. We're gonna have to lock the country down. Yes. Yeah. So can I interject real quick about Pfizer now and a fact that somehow for some reason people aren't aware of. And uh, everyone should be aware of this. Um, if you look at the document that Pfizer submitted um, to the FDA to get 
their um, their approval on the Comirnaty variant, whatever the variant, Comirnaty brand, right? Mm-hmm. Fact. So, so this showed all of the data they used, that they had from their trials, which they had for only like two months, right? I don't know if you got you remember like Pfizer shit canned the control group after about two months. I, and, I haven't paid attention to any of that shit. Well, this so. was back in 2020, okay, okay, when they were developing it, right? So after two months, they did have a control, right? And then after that, they canceled it. And I remember at the time saying, that's fucked up. And everybody's saying, well, it was too unsafe to allow this control group. It was too unsafe. They had to vaccinate them. Okay, fine. But what did the... So the research that they submitted... Okay, we, I, we should put this in the show notes. Um, basically, the, the, it's the question of how many deaths by their vaccine versus how many te- deaths by the placebo, right, that they mm. offered. Mm-hmm. And this is two months in, like, there weren't a lot of people yet getting it, but more people died from the vaccine than from the placebo by, like, a third. Okay, so, you know, in other words... You know, this is the, the Pfizer, the the original whatever. Um, I forgot what it's fucking called now. There, the Pfizer Vax had more deaths that in the vaccine than in the placebo. Instead of shutting down the control group, they should have shut down the whole fucking experiment. Um, there's no drug on Earth that would be allowed to continue research in this way. Um, but instead, they shut down the control group. And the fact of the matter is, we wouldn't. Um, you know, we would have found this. Nobody looked for it, but there, then, you know, then there was this whole thing where they had to be sued. They, they, they were like, we'll release everything in 75 years. And then they, yeah, had, to be, right. they had to be sued to, uh, you know, to open that up. So the fact that just the pure fact, and I could say this is a fact, this is as verifiable a fact as it gets because it's in Pfizer's documents, right? Unless they lied about it to troll us. But the fact is they disclosed that they had more deaths in the vaccine group than in the placebo. You just got to think about that for a second. Um, that's a like, that's something that I did not know. And this is part of what what radicalized me. You know, I got the shot because I, and I did not know that fact. That was not released. That was actually not released until about November of 2021. Um, you got you got the Pfizer shot. I actually I got Moderna. That's the same one I got. Which I, is just I got another. Dumb fucking decision. From what I hear, the the Moderna one was was hotter, and it caused like a, 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 more myocarditis um, instances out of out of the Moderna shot. And it's like, I mean, yeah, the fact of the matter, but I the, had chest I mean, pain for a year after I got them. Yeah, I mean, look, the fact of the matter is, like, I'll just say this for the listeners' benefit. Um, you know, this is an L that I clearly took. Yeah, me too. Um, I was deep in the, I, you know, I was pretty deep. In the rabbit hole. First of all, I was definitely I was COVID. I started out fairly COVID deranged. You know, I started out like pretty believe, you know, pretty much believing that we should lock down. Pretty much believing, you know, um, that vaccines help. I got I gave my kids every vaccine that they needed. Um, I go to a my, they go to a school where it's not required, um, and you know, there's base families that I used to make fun of, and um, you know. The fact is, I, I you know you know I was in the rabbit hole and it was a race against time and I lost it on myself. Thank God I figured it out in time to spare my children. Yeah, yeah, same. But um, you know I think something I want to say for 
plebs. I've, when I view the pleb community, I think most of them are millennials with young, with very young kids. There are definitely a few outliers like myself that have grown kids, right? But either way, like I think the there's an important lesson that like. So I have a friend who is one of these like. Um, I tr- mistrust everything the government says, right, all the time, no matter what, okay? So I have a friend like that. And, um, you know, I actually had to spend two years studying in this rabbit hole to come to the conclusion that this was all horseshit and that I don't, I'll never, you know, I'm actually really regretful that I got it and wouldn't, wouldn't give it to my kids and that that has all kinds of consequences. But, like, the bar for me is much higher when you have grown kids and you have a whole family, right? You have a whole family you're responsible for. You can't just, I can't just be like, oh, fuck the government. I would today, frankly. But I don't think you could, it wasn't so obvious to me in 2020 that the government would lie and do something this fucking nefarious. It's harder okay. to say fuck the government when you're dependent on the government for handouts. Like so, once you once you get a Bitcoin stack well, going, it's much easier. I'm not dependent on the government for handouts. Okay, but but if, you're, if you're existing in their monetary system, you are. Well, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. And so the question Everybody is... Everybody sucks up because, the government. Well, that's right. It's, but it's, it's not that direct, right? But if my, in my personal view, right, if I have to ask myself, what would I do? What would I do if this happened again? Like, I will not, I will not like, really capitulate I, 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 and have my kids go to school wearing masks. They go, look, my kids go to a school where they don't require any vaccines. And that has definitely, you know, that has attracted a certain type of base person however they still hide behind the health department's recommendations mm. and so if the health department says they got to wear masks that it's that, just the way it goes and then they can they, they what they did was they offered the kids to stay home but they offered kids they wanted to come in come in and all that but they had to do the mask thing i don't think i would be up for that again but the implication for me is that i'd have to walk away from my fiat job and homeschool and that's that's just the way it is and I've been preparing for that for two and a half years. Um, and I'd like to think that if that happened, I'd have actually the strength to do it. Um, if it happened tomorrow, I'm not so sure, right? But I'm like, this is what I work, this is what I'm working towards every day. This is why I'm in the rabbit hole. I'm def- I am building my conviction that I can, of, of my sovereignty. Right. It's it's not guaranteed. And I don't really actually know. This is another L I could possibly take. Right. In the next war. But, you know, it's not known. That's why the work needs to be done. And I think I'm in a much better position if I didn't have my stack of Bitcoin. I wouldn't even be thinking like this. Right. It would be an anathema to say, oh, I could walk away from my fiat job. Right? Are you yeah. crazy? I think just, right? but just that, from the the fact there's more Bitcoiners in the world now, there's going to be more people that are immunized to this mind virus of COVID lockdowns that we're about to live through. Yeah. So, I mean, I think homeschooling from the get-go is def- like not starting on like the teat of a fiat job that overpays you. <laughs> yeah. Is not, is, uh, is not a bad, especially if you already have your stack. I have a similar... I have a similar tale to you but un- like unfortunately like i it's it's like i i was into bitcoin for quite a while before these covid shots came out it's just i i was at deloitte at the time and there, there was major pressure from my employer to be vaccinated um and then also family pressure there was an incredible amount of family pressure and i 
like a fucking sheep just rolled over and was like, okay, well, this is the thing to do. Is like, a, I, I guess I'm going to take this risk. And yeah, I, I regret it so I regret it every day. Um, I'm fortunate that I, I feel like I got away with it knock on wood for now without a massive like i had chest pain for a year like i said but I, it's, that has gone away and i've out of that chest i was terrified by that chest pain for months and months and months and it's like okay i, I put a, a a calendar event on my calendar one year after um my second my second uh moderna shot so like okay when like because what um that's what i heard like if you have myocarditis absolutely no exercise like you there, there's it's you like a, you are potentially like footsteps away from dropping dead so it's like so for for a year after i got my second shot i took it easy and had ch- i had chest pains for mm. probably nine ten months of that and then come like count cal- the calendar year w- was passed like that's i was i hadn't had any chest pain for a while i started working out and i've been i'm much healthier now i've been i work out on a much on a regular schedule now that i never had before because i have the motivation now that I like I've got to keep this body in shape because I can't make another mistake like I did getting those fucking Moderna shots. And the same is like totally. fort- fortunately I woke up. My daughter was young. My my daughter was young enough at the time that it wasn't like there was there was nobody trying to. Well, there, there, I guess there were people out there saying that we should vaccinate a fucking six six month old. But it was like we had the presence of mind even as like okay, absolutely not. Like I'm willing to roll these dice for myself. My wife was willing to roll the dice for herself, but like absolutely not for our children. And the same thing now, like going for like Thank war. Goodness, dude. Yeah, no, right. It's like it's yeah. terrifying. Like there's nobody at le- at less risk for for these things than children. And me, like I, just, I, like I was a healthy young man, but it's like oh well, just to protect those around me, I better get this fucking shot. It's like I was a healthy young man. Like if, if COVID was gonna take me down, like the world's fucked. It's like I. Like, yeah. it, but I want to get. I just like want to get in the head of like a based person who's like, dude, how is this not obvious to you? Right, I and, had based people around me telling me not yeah. to get the shot at the time. Well, I was trying to sell. I was trying but, to like sell the idea of Bitcoin to people who were simultaneously like, "Don't get this shot," and it's like uh, that's, that's such that's a right. black mark on my record now. Well, I mean, it, but like, here's the thing, though. I like, there's no shame in any of this. First of all, like uh, one time I heard a great acronym for the word shame: it "Should have already mastered everything." <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so we're all like. This is, we are not all, first of all, in the same situations. And I will say, at the very least, being responsible for family. Like, you guys got to understand what it, like, if I sent my kid to school and told them, don't wear your fucking mask at all. Like, it's a, the mask is a way different conversation than the vax. Because, like, people view the mask as, like, it takes nothing. Like, just wear it. Just fucking wear it. What kind of piece of shit are you? Just and fucking that, wear it. It costs you nothing. That worked on me the first time where it, like, it's not going to work on me this time. Yeah, people don't because the, what, what happens is you're dealing with people who wrote their cost of compliance to zero, right? So they don't think it costs anything because they don't understand. Yeah, they don't they, understand they don't what understand they're giving what, up by compliance. They don't know what it takes to be sovereign. And that it's like you're asking me to give my fucking bone marrow you, you know, to, to this thing. You're asking me – you're actually asking me to validate – this whole thing, and that's that's how for I you. feel. I, I feel yeah. that I feel that I validate it for everybody by wearing the fucking mask, and I won't do it. I mean, my God, we were. <laughs> this is going to be bad, but uh, we were we were in Florida in April and visiting my grandmother, who's 101 years old, right? And my parents were like, "You got to wear a fucking mask." Like she, and I was like, "Nah, not doing it." Like, uh, 
you know, I'll say I'll stand far away from her, but I can't, even for my grandmother, I don't want her to go thinking that I thought this was okay. Like, it's just not, like, it just doesn't jive with me. And, like, I held it, I held it in my hand. I never put it on, you know, because I kept putting it in my hand. Like, here, take it. I'm like, no, sorry. Sorry, you know. By the way, she's the strongest. She's going to, she's the strongest of fucking anybody, dude. She survived fucking everything, right? She's 101 years old, and she's not some weak, brittle person at all, right? Yeah. Um, but, like, that's how, you know, it's, 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 a, it's personal injury, essentially, to, it's very dishonest, you know, to be dishonest. And I know there's people that's like, who gives a shit? put the fucking mask on who gives a shit about your personal whatever but then it's really you know your ability to be a sovereign individual and your integrity matters right yeah it's it's integrity like there comes a moment on everybody's sovereignty path fuck your integrity yeah like integrity like people people get offended when other people have integrity because i mean some being around somebody else who has integrity like it feel it shines a shot a spotlight on your lack of integrity so for somebody who is willing to stand for something it's it's shocking to people that are willing to die for nothing and to to, to be clear dude if there was like even a if there was like a fucking scintilla of an idea that these masks actually did anything i would do it for my grandmother right okay? but yet we know the, the I would. Masks you know what I mean? Nothing. We know that. It's like, but still, people are going to try to trot it out and be like, no, can't like, protect the grandmas. Like, we know way, we've my, been down this road. Masks don't do protect from that. My grandmother is a fucking like a gangster level G, and my relationship with her my entire life is, I was the only one who doesn't just who never who argue with her, right? She's just like the one who ran the whole fucking family like a mafia don and um i would be the one that argued with her i would be the one that like would not put up with her shit and why would i like it's like a disservice to our relationship for me to treat her this way now um you know so that it's like it's it's, people got to understand that um how deep just how hard it's gonna how hard it really is in the world to, and I know people. I know people do understand it, but like it's hard now when you you got grown kids. Um, you know, I think it's gross that children are afraid of their own bodies, and think they're dangerous. They, they think they're vectors of disease. And I had to deal with this. Like, really, my younger one is the one that I had. Like, you know, she. It was really hard to tell her to not wear a mask. And so I eventually did start telling my kids. I started telling them, I'm like, if you don't want to wear one, don't fucking do it. I'm not instructing you <laughs> to totally disobey but if it feels for you like you don't want to do it go ahead and don't and i'll deal with it right Mm -hmm. and you know my older one i mean they're both like just i don't know they're both so good at not making people upset and knowing how to whatever toe their own lines but i think that freedom that freedom health but like i gotta tell you dude it's a lot of like not vaccinating my kids and then having them not wear masks is like a lot of pressure to uphold and not be totally um, ostracized from community, which I know I I have, and it's fine, right? It's like I I, I don't want to really build a community with people who have don't value sovereignty and don't see the cost of compliance. And my you know my time in woke supremacy, you know, frankly, that's the main thing I I'm not, I'm not going to get into this now, but like compliance 
is a big is a big factor there. And I, I realized it there before I had a sense of what Bitcoin was. Whenever uh, whenever a sovereign person realizes they are correct about something, it's like, I mean, it comes down to like, OK, well, am I willing to be strong enough to defend what I've discovered? Uh, let me let me tell you a story about when I was in basic training in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. Um, so in basic training in, I mean, in all, all the branches, but the Air Force, they, they teach marching. So you have to march in formation. It's one of those things, like attention to detail things where um, there's like, it's just one of the things, marching in formation is like whenever you're a, like a squad, a, a sergeant or above, you like, you go through um, training to like, so you can, you can march the flights around and all these things. But so all of these, so we would spend like days out on the parade ground, just marching in circles, just marching around the circumference of this parade ground, trying to get it down, like everybody marching in tune. And like we on one end would be all the instructors uh, uh, and like they would be critiquing everybody as we, as we go around. And pretty quickly, my the the guy, the instructor of my flight identified that I was a I was good at marching on time. Because I was a drummer. I mean, I don't know if you know that about me. No. Like, I, I grew up. I did not. No. I grew up. Yeah, I was. I've been in like I was a, in a bunch of garage bands in high school. I was. I was always the drummer, and so I've got pretty good rhythm. And so he noticed that, and was like, "All right, you're my A flight guide." Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna beep that. I just put my name in it. Um, uh, you're my <laughs> A flight guide. And uh, so what? So what an A flight guide is for people that that haven't been in the military. The A flight guide is the person that marches. Um, ahead of so there's the instructor out front then um, behind the instructor is the flag bearer and behind the flag bearer uh, off to the side is the a flight guide which which was me and their job the a flight guide's job is to listen for the the cadence of the speaker off in the distance the dun 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 it's like that 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 classic uh, marching and drum beats like uh, my job was to listen for that and march in be to that and then everybody else in the flight all they had to do was march in step with me um, and one, like I was good at it because like on this super windy parade ground, you can't hear shit. You just hear wind whistling past your ears. But I figured out, I mean, if you turn your head slightly into the wind, your ear that is, that is now into the wind, you can hear that bass. You can hear that bass from far away. And apparently that little tiny revelation made me a better, like be- better at marching than everybody, including the instructor of our flight, because there was this one moment when uh, we, we were on the third, it was like on the fourth side of the, uh, of the parade grounds was all the instructors watching us. And then it's like on the, so on the third one, when we were about to make the left-hand turn and march in front of everybody, I realized like it was super windy. Like none of us could really hear anything. We were, and it's like, I turned my head and realized like, oh, I'm out of step with, with the beat. Like, and I was like, I had been training my step off the instructor's step because like I couldn't hear. So I was like, whatever, like I trust the instructor. The instructor knows what he's doing. I'm going to fall off his step. And then on the third, the third corner of this before we're, we're about to be reviewed, I realized the entire flight myself and instructor included is out of step by a significant amount. So I did a, I had to do a shuffle step maneuver and get myself in step. And immediately from behind me, I heard I heard somebody is like, like, uh, hey, you're, get, get back in step. You're out of step. Which I had to growl back without like moving my lips. Like, I'm right. And I I heard there there was there was a little bit of uh, shuffling behind me, but like there was a, it it was a, the whole flight was out it was out of step. And we we walked right down in front of all these these instructors. And these instru- I, as we were right in front of them, these instructors called out like. Your A flight guide is correct, and everyone else is wrong, including yourself, Bickers. Correct yourself. 
and so like Sergeant Vickers was was the TI and in charge of our flight. So like we're gonna keep that name in the entire. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave that in. I'm beating myself, <laughs> but I'll leave him in the. Uh, but so the entire flight then had to correct themselves to my cadence because I was right and I was will. Like I realized I was right. And it's like I in this moment. Do I stand up for what is right and uh, go against the entirety of the rest of my unit, or do I, or, or do I march down and then like have to accept like the, this is your job? So why aren't you doing your yeah. job? So like I, I did my job, and that moment, like I remember that moment vividly in my brain. It was one of the first times in my life when I realized I'm right and the world is wrong, and like what am so, I going to do about it? So this is really interesting. I hope do you mind. Do, do we want to keep going a little yeah, bit? Let's keep, let's keep going. Yeah, so this is super interesting, I have to say. So first observation here is if you were a drummer in a band, you would never have dug your heels in. You would have adapted to what the band was doing. So there, why? <laughs> right? So No, that's true. That, like, in right? your, like my drummer training, I was like, yeah, like make the because song sound job. best. Yeah, you because match that's everything the job together. of a drummer. But your job as a soldier was to lead here. Right, your yes. job, job as a soldier was to be this. I had particular... a specific task, yeah, that I realized I was deficient in. Now, when you were telling the story about who you were in this marching band, is that a good name for it? Yeah, fair enough. It's fair enough, right? In, in this sort of marching, a marching flight group. of uh, basic trainees. So I was literally seeing you as the central PA meetup coordinator doing the same thing, listening to the Bitcoin blockchain and leading, you know, knowing, right, how to lead your area. I mean, like, you know, it sounds kind of fucked up or stupid, but like, that's to me, like, that's how, that's how I see you. That's how I've seen you since the day I met you. I love right? that. Yeah. There, like, so and that's, there was a moment in my first apartment that I ever had on my own. This was this was after I got hired at Deloitte. I, I went out and I, I got to have my very first apartment that I didn't have any roommates. And in that apartment, I had my realization about Bitcoin. Like I I was a shitcoiner at this point. Like I was I was into shitcoins mm. before I was at Deloitte. But like I was I was mine. Like I had racks of GPUs and I was I was trying to figure it out desperately. And in that apartment, I had the realization like like oh it's Bitcoin. Like the signal here is Bitcoin and everything else is noise. And it's like, it was another one. Like I, I remember this moment for the rest of my life. Similarly to our, I remember that moment on the parade field. It's like, I'm right. It's like and the rest of the world is going to have to yeah. change step to get in step with me because I'm right. And if like, I can either stand with the conviction that I have just gleaned from chaos. It's like, or I can just, yeah, I, I go go along with the world and go back to the way things were. And it's like that's I I love that you're pointing out that that's what I'm doing with with the central PA Bitcoiners. I I yes. hadn't had that connection. So, like, yeah, so I'm right. making that connection, and I'm going to say something a little further. Um, God bless everyone who's still here with us, because uh, this is I think going to be a pretty cool point. Um, so I I what just came up for me was that I something I think a lot. I think that when you're a leader. When you take leadership, I do think that costs you sovereignty. I think people, you have to give up a little bit of your personal sovereignty for leadership. Okay. Um, for you, like, even if you wanted to, you had to, you had, you had your job. You had to do, you were, you, you had your job as leader. You could not, even if in your mind you said, this is all look better and this will all sound better if I just adapt myself. But no, you had to make the choice that leadership chose for you the hard choice okay, right and i think it's similar 
similar in your leadership as a Bitcoiner, right? You are, um, I think you, you take, you make decisions based. You're not as, let's say when it comes to leadership, you might be a little less based than you would be as a personal sovereign individual, meaning you're going to speak up for others in a way you're going to care for others in a way that you may not even give to yourself on your own journey. Right? Like you're, I don't know if I'm articulating this well, right? Like one thing I'll just tell everybody like in our meetup on Saturday, uh, that amazed me. And I was talking about this uh, at the Lancaster meetup a couple days ago, like this uh, woman showed up. And so first of all, in the, this meetup is in a library in the basement in an incredible room with like an oven and a stove. Like you could like (laughs) cook food. Yeah. Multi-purpose room. An amazing room in the library and there's a sign literally like 10 a.m was some group 12 p.m central pa bitcoiners okay like we are part of the lab part of the library curriculum right now right and this woman shows up and we're kind of going around talking about the alex jones thing and she's like has a pretty strong opinion about it she's getting we never met her before but she gets right in there and she's like oh by the way i don't even have any bitcoin i just thought this would be interesting came over and Guys, without like even missing a beat, business guy just pulls his phone out and is like, "Oh, let's get you some." And that really, I have to say, that stuck with me because that to me, again, this is leadership. This is somebody you already knew what to do, <laughs> right? Like, there was a situation that most people are like, "Okay, I don't know, how do I act right now?" And you knew how to act. You're that like, lady no, was badass. Like, she, she, she's a Bitcoin and just doesn't know it Dude, yet. I mean, she's using pseudonyms and is not a Bitcoin. Like, she's she, yeah, totally she in the and right she's, place. Dude, she's already like posting to our Telegram. Like, this is incredible. But like, you knew what to do, right? You know what to do because you think about, like, you think about what do I, how do I, um, you have to be somebody, you can't quite be for yourself. You have to be somebody else to be for leadership. Okay? I mean, I'm like really yeah. dry. I'm driving at a specific point here. I'm really chiseling away at a ver- to get to a very specific point because I want people to get that. Because um, I have a th- there's a final statement here that I think is a good coda. Maybe we'll end the whole thing on, which is so. You know, if leadership does cost you sovereignty, right? But it's like you can choose leadership, or you could choose compliance, right? Or you could just be your own based ass person who makes no difference and that's Lone fine wolf. too yeah right you could be that person um i am my my personal journey and we talked about last week like i've been seeking enlightenment for a long like since i was a child right um it's like you either going to choose leadership and give up your sovereignty willing sovereignty not all of it just a portion of it willingly Right. Willingly, because you have a vision and you are committed. That's just who you are. And you're committed to that that vision. So you choose leadership. You give up your sovereignty as opposed to just letting the world take your sovereignty from you and force you to comply. It's choice, compliance or leadership. I think that's the I think that's the choice most Bitcoiners are facing. And that's uh, something to continue to think about. Bitcoiners are all like, hopefully we're all having that moment of I'm right. It's like and that, that being right about something and having conviction about it, it was transformational to, to my personality. Like it was, I went from, I, I think 
it's not. I mean, it's not like I, I've been fairly self-confident in my life. I, I've I've been pretty good at things I try, and that gives some some level of confidence. But yeah, the leadership isn't something that you can lump onto somebody else and That's right. expect that they're that they can perform. Leadership is like a mantle that you pick up yourself. And you know, yeah. in that moment, like of the 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 I'm right moment. I mean, it's. So, I, yeah, it's, it really comes down to like it's it's a make or break moment. Like how add, do you yeah. how, how do you perform in that moment of stress? It's like and like I have failed so many moments of stress. I failed the vaccine moment of stress, but like that moment, like like these these two moments, like on that parade field and in my apartment when I when I figured out Bitcoin, like my light bulb moment. It's like those are moments that are going to like those victories were pivotal and like it's will allow me future victories because I can reminisce about past victories. It's it's a beautiful moment. Uh, let me add a last thing on this. Being right always has cost. Okay? Always a cost to being right. That's why it is important to do the work because when you decide to be... See, we can be right, but we're not always right. All right? Now, that's really why that conviction... Is so huge because when the pressure is on and you know what you know what it's going to cost, right? Your whole your whole ensemble is going to look like a bunch of dickheads. Yeah. Right. But that's you know so that's definitely cost, and everyone's going to yell at you, and people are going to say, "Who the fuck are you to have this conviction?" That's why doing the work. If you're going to be right, you better fucking be right. Right. Because the L's, I mean, it's so consequential, right? Like, you and I are sitting here lamenting the fact that we lost the vaccine battles on ourselves. I mean, it's pretty fucking consequential. It doesn't get much more consequential than that when you think of, you know, probably a million people have died and hundreds of millions of people disabled from this thing. And Yeah, you know, and we're just lucky. Pretty sick consequence. Right. Right? So, be, there, but, but when you're right and you're right, it's not even like, like, it's a personal calling and you have to do it. Right. And so when you do the work, part of doing the work is doing the work of leadership. Right. I don't know how many years you've been running this meetup or how many years you've been, you know, in, you know, leading. Right. But like you understanding that just understand, you know, when you're right and you fucking know it. Right. You still know it's going to have a cost. Man, right? it's just it comes down to Bitcoin makes us better. Like Bitcoin, right. Bitcoin is this immovable object that the world is going to have to move itself around. And like similarly, like when any when each and every one of us comes to that moment of recognizing truth and making the decision that I'm going to stand on this truth, you become as invulnerable as that Bitcoin monolith. Like Bitcoin incorporates us into it. And it's like and now like I am shining the truth of Bitcoin through my life. And it's like the world can try to like it will hurt as the world tries to break itself on me. But because of the foundation I stand on. Like, I, whatever, I can, I, it's, right. it's, it's a fight that's coming and I know I can take it. It's actually, yeah, you're very, we're much, we're much more capable of dealing with the consequences of deciding to be right when we have Bitcoin in our corner. Damn straight. Damn straight.